0: What's something work-related, and it could be there or, or in a previous life that you're really proud of?
1: For for this organization, I'm really proud that in spite of, I guess you could say, in spite of the pandemic, we have maintained our membership. It just shows how important an organization like ours is um, to the industry and the type of resources we've been able to provide over the two years and pivoting to virtual keeping everyone in the loop, upping our social media, that we've been able to maintain and you know stay focused and reach our goals that the board has placed for us. So I'm really proud of that.
0: Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Well, welcome back, everybody, to This is Rural Health, the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association. My name is Scott Hertzberg, and I am the CSRHA president, and joining me for today's board member profile is Michelle Schneider, our president-elect. Michelle and I have been voted into our new board positions for 2022, and so this is kind of our first official act uh, in the podcast. So Michelle, welcome.
1: Thank you. Excited to be here and to serve another term on the board with you, Scott.
0: Yeah, it's very exciting and I have a lot planned for 2022 and beyond. But first off, I think just to let people know what we're going to start doing this year is doing these board member profiles because we realize that while we talk to each other regularly, you may all not have really an idea of who we are and you know, what we work in outside of the CSRHA. And so these profiles are just to give you all a bit more insight. And if you think that you would be interested in getting more involved in the CSRHA or in joining the board, then you'll have an idea of who you might be working with. So Michelle, just for fun, let's kick this off. What is a hobby that you would love to get into?
1: I would love for many years, I've been interested in wine and not just drinking it, but the growing part, the manufacturing, the weather that's impacted wine. So if I had time and money, I would definitely start exploring wine. I wouldn't be a maker, but definitely become more of an expert.
0: Oh, that's what i going to ask if you wanted to try making any at all.
1: I mean, I love that Lucille Ball, you know, I love Lucy episode. <laughs> Although that's probably not really hygienically safe these days. But, um, I don't think so. I, I like to start just learning more and even about the business and small lots versus large lots and aging and. I just think it's fascinating.
0: Well, I can tell you, I lived in wine country for a decade. And what I learned is I like sparkly cold wine. (laughs) So, you know, your hobby can get you as far as you'd like to go.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But the good thing is there's something for everyone. And that's also what I like about it.
0: So related to that, you know, maybe related to your wine, is there any fictional place or we'll say real place that you'd like to visit?
1: A real place, I'd love to go to Greece. I've never been, I think, between the history and the islands, the weather, the pictures I've seen, the food. That is definitely a bucket list trip.
0: Yeah, that that does sound like a nice getaway.
1: Yeah, I haven't traveled really at all. <laughs> two plane trips in two years. Um, So hopefully within the next year or so, I'll be leaving the country for a little vacation.
0: That would be really awesome. So... Kind of shifting things a little more to your work life when you're not wine tasting and jet-setting to grease. You work at the Western Los Angeles Dental Society. Correct. What do you do there and what led you to that?
1: Well, I've been here for over two years and I also oversee the Western Los Angeles Dental Society Foundation. So we are a part of the American Dental Association and the California Dental Association. And because our listeners know that California is a very large state, we are the California Dental Society is broken down to 32 chapters throughout the state. So we are one of the five largest and have over 1,200 member dentists in our geographic region. And throughout the year, we do everything from membership events to networking, mentorship programs, continuing education, communications, especially heavy when COVID happened and sharing all the latest regulations, helping out with PPE. So really, it's a lot of uh, communication and strategy. And on the foundation side, we work in the community providing free dental services and um, provide oral health kits and uh, give scholarships to people entering the dental industry, everywhere from actual dentists and specialists to hygienists and office workers. So it really is... um, everything related to dentistry you could think of.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yes, especially for someone whose only experience in the dental industry before was being a patient.
0: Right. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What's something that really surprised you kind of shifting from a, maybe a patient-facing or not patient patient-oriented, you know, perspective to working in the industry?
1: I would say there is there are so many layers to being a dentist or a specialist from the education and the insurance and really running a business. I think a lot of people, when they enter any industry, they think they're just going to do whatever they train to do or they're passionate about, but it really has so many other layers like running a business, marketing, are you properly insured? Do you have the right staff? What about billing? All of that. So- there are a lot of layers and regulations you have to follow.
0: I can imagine. And then again, right, especially in the last two years with the the grand upheaval in healthcare, that's got to be pretty intense. So what, you know, in your time there and you said that you've been there just over 2 years, what's something work related, and it could be there or or in a previous life that you're really proud of?
1: For for this organization, I'm really proud that in spite of, I guess you could say in spite of the pandemic, we have maintained our membership. It just shows how important an organization like ours is um, to the industry and the type of resources we've been able to provide over the two years and pivoting to virtual, keeping everyone in the loop, upping our social media that we've been able to maintain and you know, stay focused and reach our goals that the board has placed for us. So I'm really proud of that.
0: That's great. So if we look away from your professional life to, to your volunteer life here with the board, what kind of influenced you? What made you interested in becoming a member of the CSRHA and, and becoming on the, on the board?
1: Well, I have had an interesting career where I started out in public relations and then started working in nonprofit, doing everything from strategy to communication to fundraising and I was with Save the Children for many years overseeing their work in California and Washington and I love subscribing to newsletters because I love reading and learning about resources and things that are happening and I happen to read in a newsletter about the California State Rural Health Association and that they were looking for board members and um California, you don't think about the rural parts of our state, you think about San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and just the highways in between, right? So (laughs) I figured it was a great opportunity to elevate the work that Save the Children was doing for early childhood education and literacy, as well as bring what Save the Children is doing to the association. So I uh, got approval and submitted myself for the board and the rest is history. I've been a board member, uh, a regular board member, and then I was secretary for two years and now I'm president elect.
0: Yeah. It's, it's hard to believe that. I mean, you're what, that's like five years now. Right. (laughs) And I remember when you and, and Kirsten were the new kids joining the board and, uh, you know, to think now that you're next in line, right. That in, in two years you'll be running the show.
1: Right. Now I'm a junior. So I'm, uh, you know, preparing for senior year and, and seeing all that we can do and, and figure out what's next. Right. I think even with us, how do we change a, a conference every year in person to virtual and a great opportunity to create these podcasts, right? Because, I mean, Pivot, I know I have I started listening to podcasts that used to just be in your commute. Now I just listen to them in the background.
0: I listen to them so that I'm not at home by myself all day with nobody to talk to.
1: <laughs> that, when they start talking back to you, that's that's when you know it's a problem.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's good stuff. Okay, so let's shift a little and get, you know, a little more personal. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, but you know, what advice would you give to your Teenage self to teenage Michelle?
1: I would say to be open to new opportunities and don't be too quick to judge. I mean, what's interesting is growing up in public school, you didn't know about all the careers that existed. You heard about the basics, right? Teacher, doctor, lawyer, maybe an astronaut, but there are so many things in between. You know, in elementary school, I didn't know you could be a fundraiser or a communicator or uh, an animator or whatever. So I would say, you know, be open to all of the experiences. And most importantly, it's okay to fail. I think we're taught that, you know, you have to win and you have to be the best. But sometimes you learn more from the less positive experiences to then take you to the next level. And I know that's definitely been the case in my adult life.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think a lot of us have experienced failure at, at some point, uh, especially in the last couple of years. And it's really what you do with it, because it's inevitable. But what do you do with it after that, right?
1: Right. And the first time, depending on if you're prepared or not, it can be jarring. But just knowing you're not the only one, you you're not the first, you won't be the last. And let's see how we can move forward. And, you know, sometimes you forget that, but just... You have to remember and, and keep moving forward with the tide.
0: Right, right. So, you know, what do you do when to do turn things around when you're having when you failed when you're having a down day? You know, whatever. Uh, what helps you kind of turn that around and move forward?
1: Um, I love lists. I like writing. Also, I have actually pop up calendars with reminders, and then I have paper lists. So. Sometimes, if something didn't go well or something was missed, I just step back and then try to just tackle what's in front of me, what needs to be done immediately. We're all multitaskers. Some of us are better at that than others, but just sometimes stepping back and taking a beat at least helps me to um, move forward. Because otherwise, if you keep thinking about all that's in front, and all that has gone wrong or would go wrong, you'll, you'll become paralyzed and won't be able to accomplish anything.
0: Yeah, that my wife is definitely the, the list focused person. Let's like, let's make a plan. Let's see it through. We hit a dead end. Let's pivot. Let's keep, you know, take a step back and take a breath. We talk about sharpen your ax, right? Don't just keep chopping at that tree. Take, take a break, sharpen that ax, and then go back at it again. And you may be will be a little easier this time. You won't have to work as hard. So, you know, it, from a rural health perspective, you know, one of the themes of our conference a couple years back was re- resilience, right? Rural resilience. And, you know, you seem to be a pretty resilient person. Why is it that resilience is such an important skill you think we should cultivate in rural
1: health? Um, I think the past two years has shown a challenge, the pandemic, that literally has impacted everyone just in different ways. So in order for us to move forward and learn and hopefully better ourselves and our communities, we have to be resilient. I mean, it's not just pivoting, it's, you know, what do we have access to, what things in our systems didn't work, or we didn't we have? And how do we create them? So I think that's one of the main reasons resilience is so important to not only change ourselves and our communities, hopefully for the better, but be innovative.
0: I could not agree more. I love that. Yeah, those of us who who work in healthcare and then specifically in rural health, you know, we sometimes we just we take the hits and we have to figure out how to move forward from that. I do have to say that what we've seen, especially in our interviews for the podcast over the last year, the power of innovation. Uh, you know, we've seen so many folks who are taking what has been given to them and figuring out how to make the best of it. And uh, I really appreciate you calling that out. So uh, I think, Michelle, thank you so much for being our first board member profile, and I look forward to having a similar conversation uh, with other folks. From your perspective, working in Western Dental, not Western Dental, the Western Los Angeles Dental Society, what do you see as a challenge in rural health, and what do you want to encourage our audience to do to get involved in, in working with that challenge?
1: I would say the challenge with rural is generally access. Are there enough providers? Can people get to the provider with transportation? Uh, If it's telehealth, do people have the right connections or any connection to access telehealth? So to me, especially seeing the past two years that when many offices for medical related appointments were closed, it's good to catch up get your teeth cleaned, go to the doctor, get your mammogram. Our health doesn't get put on hold, even though the world did. So, um, and if there aren't resources, reach out to an organization that can help provide the resources and, and be that innovator in your community.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. So here at CSRHA, we don't provide any healthcare, but we know a lot of people who do, and we are always happy to connect folks with a good resource.
1: Absolutely. And if if your company or you work in rural, definitely call us as well, because we'd love to help share those resources with the communities throughout California.
0: All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much again. And uh, I look forward to I guess we're going to flip the script, you're going to be doing my profile at some point. So I have to think of some good answers.
1: Exactly, exactly. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much. We hope that you've enjoyed this little peek into uh, some of the the lives and people that make up our board. And we hope that you will be interested in participating more with the CSRHA. And if you're already a CSRHA member, and you have an interest in joining the board, just like Michelle did uh, five years ago, just uh, reach out to us at podcast at CSRHA.org. And you know, we can talk to you or you can reach out at assistant at CSRHA.org and we'll make a connection. Talk to you all later. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrj.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRHA Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association. This is Rural Health is copyright by the California State Rural Health Association. To find out more about the CSRHA, visit us at CSRHA.org.